Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Caught Offside with Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. Cataldi, Luis Alberto, the goalkeeper from Adele. Well, have you ever, can you believe what you've seen here? Oh, oh yes, caught offside just outside of New York City and from an apartment in Brooklyn, New York, the UEFA Champions League is back. What's up, brother? That is the most dramatic ending to a stage first round game that I've ever seen. Who sends the goalkeeper up on a group stage first round end game? I mean, I, I'm sure people will tell me loads of times where this has happened, but like that is such a great point. And a Providel coming up the field, uh, great cross from Luis Alberto, and yeah, glancing header. Yep. And lovely rigging sound as well when it hits the net. And that's it. That's the game. That's the game over. And he just celebrates like this. He he just drives. He mean, he mean mugged the whole way down the field. He didn't smile. Lo- he just ran angrily. No, oh, no. Loved it. Loved it. Yeah. That feeling of absolute. I am the effing man. I am the man. And I've denied you your three points. And, and not just anybody. Did you see Simeone's face? Just like, oh, okay, come on, let's get out of here. Come on, come on, come on. He was just like circling the players, telling them, come on, let's go. Just sickened, absolutely yeah. sickened. Um, and I don't want to hear about fouls in the lead up. Atleti fans getting all upset. I don't. Atleti, it's the most Atletico Madrid thing in the world to be camped inside your own half, one nil up away from home. <laughs> and you paid the cost. Yeah, and Lazio escaped with a point. Yeah, that was Andrew, an incredible start to the to the this year's Champions League. Andrew, I'm going to be juicy tonight. I'm gonna, I'm not going to lie to you. I've had a glass of wine. Oh, okay. I've had a glass of wine on a Wednesday night. Um, 
because uh, my girlfriend's away and I put the baby to bed and it was just a horrific experience. She just roared and screamed. She was just so upset. So, you know, that kind of overtired state. Oh, yeah. And I felt I just startled her as well. I put her down and she wouldn't settle. So I come back in and I go, Roisin. But I said it loud. I said, oh. And and then I instantly felt bad. I'm not, oh, no, 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 I'm not shouting at you. If you need to scream, you can scream. So I eventually calmed her down, gave her a bottle and she went to bed. But I just, it just rattled me. Absolutely rattled me because she's the sweetest, most beautiful thing in the world. And I love her like I've never loved anything. And I'm just afraid that she'll be sat on a couch when she's 25, recounting this to um, Dr. Dr. Melfi or whoever it is. Oh, it's inevitable. And that's oh, not just you. We're all going to screw up our kids. It's just a matter of how much. Right. You just try to limit the damage. But there will be damage. That's all you can do. I am also, I am Roisin levels of tired too. I fell asleep on the train tonight, oh. which is a, which is a, when you awaken on like regional rail, it is the most terrifying feeling because there's a, there's always Daring. a brief moment where you don't know where you are. You could be absolutely anywhere. Uh, and then like, it takes a second to kind of come to and realize, okay, oh my God, thank God I haven't gone past my stop yet. When I, when I moved out here, um, I was on the, uh, the D or the R line and depending on when it was coming back. And I, I was always in Manhattan. I was just out all the time trying to meet people. Cause I came over on my own and, and trying to find work and, and do the whole thing and network. And, and that involves going to bars and, and meeting people. It just does. And when you're in the Irish community, sometimes the best place to go to is a bar in the evening get chatting to someone, make a contact. So I I was often the worst for wear coming home. Like just, you know, I'd be tired. Not not that I'd be blaring drunk. I'd be just very, very tired. And the, the amount of times I woke up, last stop, Coney Island. Oh. 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 Yeah. yeah. Oh, and it's heartbreaking. It's absolutely heartbreaking because then yeah. you're debating, is there going to be another train back or do I have to get a cab? Or do I just... Do I just start a new life here on the on the subway? <laughs> that's that's that thought always crosses your mind as well. Um, right. This should be a fun one. Of course, the uh, the UEFA Champions League is back. We'll go through some of the uh, the more notable games from this first uh, first match day for all the groups. So we'll uh, we'll roll through some of those. Um, maybe a, a couple MLS notes that I do want to mention is tonight was a a busy night across the the league here as well but we'll start jj with the champions league i guess this is the last time it's going to look like this as uh next year the new format the 36 team format the non-groups just just one through 36 uh that takes hold next year uh um, the swedish what is it the swedish model swiss right oh swiss model i think it's, it's swiss I, I don't like it i like Last season's Champions League was dull and it was boring compared to other seasons. But we have the sweet spot formula. We are good. Like, this is not going to make things better. It yeah, just isn't. Well, also, too, the, the dullness of last season's Champions League is the part that they're not adjusting. And by the way, nor should they. I'm not suggesting. But, like, that was the, the knockout stage last year. Weirdly, was the boring turned out to be the boring part of, of the Champions League. There wasn't really a whole lot of drama. That will still remain next season it's just the group stage that's being completely revamped um yeah i, I wouldn't have touched it like we've said this yeah. many times i would i would leave this as is i think it's 
I think they've kind of found perfection. 32 teams, it's clean. Top two go through. Like there's no, I don't know. It just it just works. Um, but <laughs> such is life in this sport. Uh, if you're not willing to embrace change, then this probably ain't the sport for you because it it's it comes fast and furious, it seems. Um, but let's I know, get embracing in. change, but like it's okay if you feel put out by what's happening. It's okay if you no, feel upset by it. Yeah, I, it, I don't I don't like it. I don't like yeah. the changes that they've made. This I don't like the- I don't like that we're in a Premier League season where we have no clue if the team who finishes fifth is going to get a spot in the Champions League or not. Like that's a weird thing to go through the whole season not knowing if fifth place that's is going to be enough of anxiety for you when you support Tottenham. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just but it's just weird in general. Like I just don't like that. It's not you know. Uh, I think that it's great the way that it is. I think it's unfortunate that it's changing. But having said that, we're I'll love it. Like it is still going to be Europe's elite competition, um, regardless of what the form is that it takes. It's still going to be a competition that that puts all of these great clubs from around Europe together. So I'm watching. I'll be watching. But I wouldn't have changed it. That's just me. Um, let's get into it, JJ. Let's start with uh, earlier today at the Allianz Arena, a wild one. Between Manchester United and Bayern Munich, uh, Wild. Yeah, hmm. I mean, yeah. No, seven goals between these two teams. I mean, it was wild, but in in a controlled sense. It was wild, like going to an Alice Cooper concert. You know, oh, what's Alice going to do? Oh, it's going to be fairly within the norm. But he's wearing makeup. Ah, you know, like Marilyn Manson, that kind of that kind of genre of music. Um, it was. I mean, I, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I, I'm always conscious of of Manchester United fans. I, I, I've just got that way because I gave, I've given them such a hammering, deservedly, over the last few years, that I kind of have to pick my words. And I often like lean on Man United fans that I know or that I follow. And um, Phil Brown on Twitter, who, um, a football podcaster, great guy, good following, big United guy. I, I kind of always go to him, and I think. If I see the same thing as him, it's okay for me to say it. And this is what Phil said, and this is what I think. The scoreline is a slight consolation, but at 3-1, Bayern were strolling, bringing subs on and attempting to see the game out, which United were more than happy to let them. Nobody was more surprised than United that they brought the game back to 3-2, and as soon as they did, Bayern went up the other end and scored. Like, here's what I'll say. Everything after... Like, Bayern we're always going to win this game, I think. But United started the game really, really well. And what torpedoed what could have been a good away performance um, wasn't the, the madness of the of, of, of the later stages of the game. It was Onana mm-hmm. conceding that goal because United had limited Bairn to pretty much not a lot. And then he does that and it kind of you can see United collectively the heads drop and Baron take over. So like I'm not I don't look at this one and think, oh geez, this won't go down as a classic. Nobody's remembering this one as a classic. No, I agree with that. Um but still seven goals between these two teams. I don't know. Maybe anytime I'm watching United and Bayern play with Clive Tildesley doing the commentary in the Champions League, it just kind of takes takes me back to a a special meeting between these two. Um, Onana really, he owned it afterwards. I mean, and by the way, uh, before I read his quote, I would say that of all the goalkeepers out there, um, he, he needs to own his mistakes because he is so vocal 
in screaming at his defenders when even the slightest thing goes wrong. So if he's going to make mistakes like that, he has to wear it. He has to own it uh, because he he makes sure everyone else does when they make mistakes. And he said afterwards to TNT, we didn't win because of me. We started well, but after my mistake, we lost control. I'm the one who let the team down. I owe it to the fans to improve. This was my worst game. I have a lot to prove because, to be honest, my start with Manchester United is not so good. Oof. I mean, that is that is as self-critical as one can be. Um, I'm not saying he's wrong. Maybe he's being a little harsh on himself. I would say I agree with you in that United and Ten Hag talked about this. They played real. They played pretty well for 25 minutes. They did. They they were. I they think were so. in this one. Um, and it was and it was something that they desperately needed with what some of their performances have been of late. Uh, and then to have the air let out of the balloon because of a self-inflicted mistake from your goalkeeper in that way, it's it's crippling. Now, the problem is some clubs have that happen and they're resilient and they don't let it affect them. And that's not that's not United right now. Um, and I think that they allowed that to kind of then turn the game against them. Uh, Byron got another one not too long after that and United sure enough they fought back and they and they made this game interesting at various points um, but each time it got interesting they allowed Byron to kind of then retake control uh, but I, I do agree with you in that the that Onana mistake it can't happen uh, for a goalkeeper that you just bought for that kind of money in the in the Champions League against a team like that um, you know that's that's, I, a, you know, that's a bad mistake it was funny the commentary team who by the way commentary team the audio was ahead of the visual for most of this game that can't happen and it wasn't fixed jesus christ it's the most annoying thing ganabri's second goal musiela's brilliant run down the left cuts it back i see ganabri lining up and i hear clive tilsley tell me it's in the net before he's kicked it yeah come on seriously man i'm paying for this i'm effing paying for this it's gotta be better uh yeah and that and that's not that's not the first time that's happened i've noticed that in other in other games uh as well unacceptable unacceptable and i i'm no technician but i would say that is one of the easier things to correct well if that were the case then they would do it like i I don't it, it obviously is not it's not that simple i again like i don't know whose feed they're taking like what kind of control they have yeah. over the audio I mean, um, I'm presuming they're both Clive Tilsey and um, who was on Qualcomm's with him? Um, uh, Rob Green. I'm sure they're in in the Allianz. Right? I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't know the answer to that. Oh, I think they are. God, I hope so. Anyway. Yeah, um, yeah no, I think they are there. But anyway, what was my point? Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, the Inanna. And at the weekend as well, like this guy is supposed to be a top, top goalkeeper. I mean, it was a Jao Pedro's goal. I mean, he's let that one through his hands at the weekend. Right through his hands. That is a savable shot for a top-class goalkeeper. His kicking is excellent. His kicking's very good, or it looked good tonight anyway. Um, but he hasn't convinced me. And I cannot think of the other game in the Premier League where somebody is bearing down on goal and he comes... He, Carnal sin for a goalkeeper. He comes and then stops and then retreats. <laughs> By the time the player's bearing down on goal, he's he's on the line. Was that against Bournemouth? I don't remember. I don't remember. But he's back on the line. He's just 
and again, it, it, that kind of feeds into the article Jamie Redknapp had at the end of last week, where he he said how Anana, the way Anana acted in the preseason game was a disgrace, running out to kind of pick the injured animal, uh, um, Maguire, and kind of and dominate him and uh, and take him out because just to play to the gallery to the Man United fans, uh, you know, if you're going to be that guy, if you're going to be so demonstrative as a goalkeeper. You do need to to um to do the basics, and that was a basic effort, and he he absolutely flubbed his lines. And it, I don't care what anyone says; it changed the game. United were not to the pin of their collar; they were not struggling in this one before that happened. Now, I will say this: it increasingly looks like that midfield is reliant entirely on when Amrabat can get fit and when he comes in to re-energize it and give it legs. Andrew, that is a lot of pressure. Yeah, well, he was bought for a reason. I mean, they ident- they identified a need, and they're not wrong. Yeah, and Casemiro, it's funny, there was a tweet, a Graham Ruthven, uh, he tweeted, Casemiro, uh, Casemiro's been an absolute disaster all night. He scored two goals. I mean, <laughs> it's, the, it's the only sport how... where that can happen. It is, <laughs> so it just not... is. Like, you'll never say was... that about a guy in baseball who homers twice, what an awful yeah. game he had. Like, it's just not, <laughs> it can only happen in this sport. Caught two touchdown passes, but he stank. No, no, he didn't. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's one of those games, but um, God, yeah, it's just one thing to another. I think you asked on the rundown as like a moral victory. I think the fact they didn't get properly thumped. Now, the other way to look at it is they've conceded four goals. I mean, Ten Hag Hag spoke about that afterwards. He said, if we're scoring three, we shouldn't be losing. He he did not. His tone and his press conference, he didn't take. It didn't seem like any moral victories were being taken by him. No. And I mean, he's the manager. He has to set the tone. And I don't think he would want that message out there. Um, But I'm just wondering if you're a fan. Like, I, I was watching the game today with a United fan. And he actually seemed, I, I don't know what United fans were expecting going into this. They might have been expecting a thumping, to be honest. He seemed generally okay with how that, with how it played out. Um, I, sub- I suppose in the wider context when you've just got, you know, battered at home to Brighton and you know you're going to the Allianz, 4-3, I mean, you take it, I guess. I don't know. We, it's... It's really diminishing returns here for United. I think it's uh, probably. I, I think. I think their feeling of the game probably changed when it got to two nil. I think their 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 expectations of whatever they thought was going to happen probably shifted into. Oh God, we're going to get just smashed to bits. And then when that didn't happen, when they scored the next goal, then they went down two again. Then you know they made it interesting again. So I think just I, I think that there was probably a little bit of appreciation from United fans that they didn't just kind of roll over. Uh, yeah. That that they did make. In the end, they, Bayern had did have to earn this to a certain extent. I agree with what you said at the top. It never really felt like United were going to win this game no. um, after Bayern scored that first goal. But by the same token, United didn't necessarily make it easy for them. Um, so I, I suppose no. there is something to be taken from that. No, and 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 Hoyland scoring again. I think that's very good. It was mm-hmm. a lovely. That was actually a nice little move, nice little interchange on the edge of the box. Hoyland got it out of his feet, scuffed shot. Don't care, still goes in. I mean, I mean big he, big deflection, but yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, he's the bright fine. spark. He's the bright spark for them right now. But just look at the team, Andrew, and it's like it's not. It's it not in, an imposing squad. No one's looking at that squad and fearing it. They're just not. Doesn't mean that they're no. not saying it's a it, bad team. It, no, they, but 
Yeah, it's not I don't... surgery. There's still surgery. Yeah, there's still surgery needed. There really is. And um, yeah, uh, look, four three on paper. It's not. I mean, it's not the worst result considering considering what it what it felt like it could have been at the weekend. Uh, there was a lot of nervous people going into this game. Nervous United fans. So I suppose it's it's something. But I I'm 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 clutching at so many straws for them right now that uh, the straw factory has run out. Um, just a couple other notes on this one real quick. You mentioned his name before, but I just wanted to kind of point him out. Jamal Musiala is just such a, he's such a great player. He really is. Um, you know, he's, he's come of age over the last couple seasons, but I thought he was excellent in this game, helping to set up, um, the, uh, the second, uh, for Byron in this one, the assist to Gnabry, just the buildup, the pass it's, he's, he's just great. Um, I was curious for your thoughts on the handball on Erickson, that was obviously a huge moment in this game after United had gotten it uh, to within one. Um, I, look, I'm a, I'm of a place now with the handball where, and I I promise I'll be like this, even if it impacts my team. You know that's a penalty though in the modern game. You know like, it is. For me, I'm I'm of a place now with handballs where the inconsistency of them is now what's consistent about them. I'm not going to get upset anymore, regardless of what the ruling is. I've seen what was given tonight. I've seen it given before. I've also seen it not given. I think if you're a fan of the club, when the incident happens, you just kind of have to pray that luck is on your side. And the perspective of that official on that given night is that he doesn't want to call it because there's almost there's no longer there's no rhyme or reason. So uh, no, I always thought that was a penalty straight away. Straight away. I mean, that if if Jack Grealish's was in the in the in the cup final. Uh, that's in the same kind of in the same sphere, yeah. same zone. I mean, his arm is away. I guess what they would deem to be an unnatural position. It's away from his body. I'm not uh, saying it's right, but yeah, that's exactly what what they've ruled on. They say yeah. his arms out a bit. Penalty. I mean, people may have an issue with the fact that like he's right next to him. Like there's there's almost no space between the two of them. But I don't think that matters anymore. I think we've seen that bear itself out. So yeah, I don't think you can necessarily be shocked that it was given. It's it was unfortunate for United. Um, that it felt like right when they were getting back into the game, a controversial, you can say it's definite, but every handball is controversial, that a controversial decision would go against them and immediately give Bayern some space again. It was a tough, kind of a tough blow uh, for them. Um, But uh, yeah, Ten Hag afterwards, he said, for the first 20 minutes, we were better than Munich. Then that goal was so easy. It's not only Andre. If you see how easy Sané, talking about Onana, uh, he says, if you see how easy Sané is coming through, uh, yeah. and, and that has to do with the, the determination. You don't let players so easily through. That's the point we have to cross. Uh, we have to cross the line as undefeatable and as a team to win games because it started there. And we've seen that from United. We talked about that over the, their, their most recent game, that sometimes there's kind of just this shutoff that happens with them that allows players to get into scoring positions, and uh, and it happened for them again. And he's right. Onana is going to wear this tonight because his mistake was the glaring one, but it was not the only mistake made defensively for this team. No. And I mean, in transition, defensive transition, they have massive, massive problems. And not, not to lean on an American phrase, but they're not exactly Johnny Hustle when it comes yeah. to tracking back and getting goal side. Seriously. Um, I saw a tweet uh, over the weekend about people, it was in response to the Brighton goal, the 37 pass goal or whatever it was. People ridicule Roy Keane 
for always talking about effort and desire and get tracking back as the kind of basic things a footballer has to have. Everywhere in that United team, you just don't see it. And in some cases, they don't have the legs. Casemiro, Eriksen, they don't have the legs to do it. Bruno, not built like that. But the rest of them have no excuses. Yeah, and you're right. Like, that is one part of the... It's it's probably the most important part of the game that doesn't necessarily involve talent or skill. You know what mm. I mean? Like, yeah, if you're fit, like anyone, like anyone can do it. And I assume if you're a if you're a professional soccer player, you're fit. You're in good shape. So, like, presumably anyone should be able to do that. It doesn't take like I could do that if I was in good shape. You know, no, it just it, it's just it's just a matter of like dis- making the decision whether you want to or not, or being I'm focused being- enough that like you're not going to lose your your head for a sec and forget. Like, it's anyone can do it. And United, they do struggle there. And I, I can't go. Peter Schmeichel was on the broadcast at halftime talking about the players looking tired. I, I, I mean, maybe it's possible, but I mean, this is the game. This is the same for everyone. Uh, I, I just that's and if they are tired, there's a conditioning issue. There's a load management issue. There's there's all that. There's an injury issue as well. They do have that too. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. A defeat, yep. but I think United's United will look to their home games in this group um, as the things that are going to carry them through. Yeah. So four three, they fall to Bayern Munich in their opening match of this Champions League season. Let's continue now, JJ. Let's go to the Bernabeu. Uh, Real Madrid. They leave it late, as they are known to do in this competition. Um, and the legend of Jude Bellingham continues to grow. That's six goals now in his first six games for this club. Uh, just an unbelievable start, and he scores this one deep in stoppage time to provide them uh, with the win, a one-nil win, um, to begin their Champions League campaign. Yeah, um, Ancelotti on the field afterwards kind of gave him, and this is a great football cliche. You love this one, a wry smile, a wry smile, a pat of the face, and a hug, um, which is, I was, I was trying to think of 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 a player. Um, no, see, he hasn't moved directly from England to the Bernabeu. He had that. He's obviously gone via Germany. But can you remember an English player going to a big club, and not not a not another English club, a big club outside of England, having such a brilliant impact straight off the bat? Um, I mean. You could argue Kane is coming close to it right now at Bayern. He's got five goals and two assists in his first six games, I think it is. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. That's um, a good one. But prior to that. An English club leaving the Premier League. Going so, like, to a I big know club. it doesn't. English players leaving doesn't happen that often. That's yeah. that's the other thing as well that makes this do, difficult. Do Welsh players count? I mean, Bale went to Real Madrid, and I know it didn't end great for him there, but the start was pretty good. Yeah. I'll give you. I'll give you Bale, even though he's very much Welsh. Let me let me be clear I, on that. I, I'm um, just, yeah, but no, he's you're right. No, English. you're you're right though. That shouldn't count. You asked for English, and he's not. So shouldn't count. I'm, I'm I'm trying to think. Like even McManaman when he went to Real Madrid, like he had a good time too. Like you know, he had his European Cup wins. He scored in the European Cup final, but I never felt he was like 100 percent part of it. Michael Owen had a very good one season at Real Madrid, but like you couldn't argue that he was a mainstay there. Or he was the guaranteed starter. Um, what did uh, what did Chris Smalling do at Roma? Not bad. Settled well. Okay. Settled well. Um, Am I reaching? Yeah, I just think I don't know if that's what you're looking for. 
I, I, yeah, maybe if we go back, Laurie Cunningham when he when he went to Real Madrid uh, from West Brom, maybe maybe the late Laurie Cunningham did did really well. But all I'm saying is that Bellingham is just settled in there. He's been absolutely brilliant. Um, six goals and assists, like you said, absolutely class. Do you know who else is class, Andrew? Leonardo Bonucci giving Union a solid eighty minutes at thirty six years of age. There's Again, this is nostalgia. This is very much, there's no data to this or science, but do you not feel like the like a Benucci, Chiellini, uh, who else is in that mold? I'm trying to think. <laughs> the very specific, I was going to say Barzagli, but I'm presuming Barzagli has retired. Um, there's, there's the last of that Italian breed of center back who appear to have been 35 for about 20 years. Yeah. And just grind it out, drag themselves onto the field, play as much as they can and are still effective deep in their thirties. And, um, and Benucci is one of them. And, and I wonder, I'm sure it's not the reason that Union conceded because they were kind of unlucky. The ball was, it was a bit of a scramble when it fell to, to uh, Bellingham, but, uh, but yeah, um, I wonder if Benucci had stayed on. Maybe they could have held out. Yeah, who knows? We'll never know. Now, I mean, maybe you could say they were unlucky, but boy, Real Madrid had so many chances in this game. I mean, they hit the post, what, a couple times. Uh, how many free headers did it feel like Joselu, Joselu missed in front of goal? Um, but yeah. having said all that, I mean, Union Berlin, they were they were at the finish line. They were right there. Uh, that's a tough loss to take when you think you're when you're that close to coming away with a point at the Bernabeu. That's... That's tough. I'd like to go back. I, I want to go back and see the six goals that Bellingham has scored before uh, in so far in the season. Not, I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but I feel like he's no, had a it, few of these. Yes, definitely. He had now, look, be, there, there's, there's something to be said about being in the right spot. Like I'm, that's, that is also. Well, there's, there's something Lampardian about it. <laughs> uh, no, he's not the same kind of footballer as Lampard. But do you not remember like a lot of deflected? And Lampard has be- Lampard had very good goals too. I shouldn't be I shouldn't be so dismissive. But he had a I lot. I just mean of like deflect- some of these like tap ins in front of goal. Yeah, I feel like he's I, in there. Yeah, he's in and around the box. Oh, and- oh, I'm and and for me those count just the same. Um, so Real Madrid one uh, nil. I don't have much more to say about that one. So let's go now to North London, JJ, where the Champions League returned to Arsenal. And it did so in triumphant fashion. JJ, I have a trivia question for you. You ready? Trivia. Yeah. So uh, Arsenal's last match in the Champions League, it was a 5-1 loss to uh, aforementioned Bayern Munich back in March of 2017. Only one Arsenal player remains from that team. He didn't start that night, but he was on the team. Do you know who that is? Say that again. Give me that question again. I've been drinking wine, Andrew. Okay. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't realize that that would impact your short-term memory so dramatically, but um, okay, here we are. Uh, March 2017 was the last Champions League match that Arsenal played. It was against Bayern. They lost 5-1. There was one player from that Arsenal team that is still on the team today. Everyone else is gone in the year since. Who's the one remaining Arsenal player? Jesus. You obviously know who this person is, but I also don't think that you'll get this. God almighty. That is tough. Oof, 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 oof. Well, 
if Xhaka was still there, I know Xhaka played played then. Um, but he's gone, hmm. so he doesn't count. Oh Jesus. Um. How long do we? Uh, God, do we sit here? I, I, I've no idea. I, I don't think there is anyone, Andrew. Do you think I'm lying? Um. Oh, Jesus, Gabrielle was hardly there. Gabrielle, yeah. there's no way Gabrielle was there. He's should the I, only. Should one I that keep could... giving hints until? Until I left you with no choice but to get it, I don't know. Tell me. So the answer that I saw, and now I, I now I'm worried about it myself. You, you're making me wonder. At ESPN FC, um, they said that it was Mohamed El Neni. Yeah, because yeah, he joined Arsenal in 2016. Huh. And El is still at the club, is he? He is, as a matter of fact. He so was out on loan. Where was he at Villa or somewhere? Um. Uh, I don't. I mean, I know he was on. He was on loan with Besiktas a few years ago. Um, but no, I don't. I don't believe so. Are you thinking of El Mohammadi? Uh, oh, he was at Besiktas. Yeah, you're right. He was at Besiktas, uh, nineteen twenty. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Jesus, you're right. So there you go. Okay, that's that's ridiculous. What that that he's the only remaining. Uh, from that squad, I don't understand how that could be possible. I didn't. I didn't know this would affect you quite so. I didn't think there would be anybody. I didn't think there'd be anybody else. On I that mean, team. I'm kind of surprised that it's only one guy. It's not that long ago. Six mm. years is six years. I, I guess in in the world of the Premier League, that's an eternity. But. I wouldn't have thought that would be enough to wipe out pretty much an, an entire roster. Um, no, it would. But, I mean, it's, there's been a lot of what they'd call churn at Arsenal. There has been a lot. Um, God, yeah. I mean, I could only think of Xhaka. Obviously, I was wrong about Gabriel. He's only 25, so that would be that would render him but a boy. Yeah, I, um, that was that was a stupid, stupid, bad, thing bad guess. Bad guess. Um, very anyway. surprised by that, Andrew. Yeah. Very. You you stumped okay. me. Um, that's one of your best trivias you've ever done. Well, you can thank ESPN FC. I took it right from from them. And El Nenny, sorry, excuse my ignorance. El Nenny is still an active Arsenal player. Yeah. Yes. Why do I never think of him? He's not even that old. I think he's no. 31. I know he's not old, but I never. I mean, I just I never. Well, because he's never I, he really, literally never, he's never, he never enters like, my brain. Yeah, he's never really played a huge role for them. Like he'll get a run, but then he'll get hurt. Um, so yeah, he's not, he's never really been a, a really like prominent huh. fixture for them. So yeah. So there you go. I think we've spent enough time on this. Let's talk about the actual game. Well, um, well hang on. Uh, oh, has, has he even kicked a ball this season? Not that I can remember. Not that I've, I haven't watched every second of the season for them, but, uh, I don't recall seeing him on the field. Okay. Well, maybe that's why he's not in my brain. Oh, okay. Right. Sorry, Mohamed El Nenny and all his family. Okay. Um, you guys are still an important part of the Arsenal. Um, it, this one for Arsenal, it was an emotional night. I, I think the fans were so ready for this. They obviously love this team. 
They're so happy to be back in this competition, clearly. And I think for Arsenal to score as early as they did, um, boy, that was huge for them. I mean, it just because the crowd was just at this fever pitch and it, and they they didn't give the crowd any opportunity to lose that. Uh, they they allowed that to maintain. And it was uh, it was quite an atmosphere in that place tonight. Yeah, they were they were very, very good. And uh, PSV were not. No, I, I wanted to point out on that first goal, JJ, we're talking about guys shutting off. Didn't look like a great moment for Serginio Dest. God, yeah. I kind of let Saka just kind of like sort of go wherever he wanted. Yeah, in my notes, Andrew, <laughs> it's not good for Dest. I have Dest poor on. Now, the best goal of the night was Trossard to Gabriel Jesus, who just kills that cross from Trossard and buries it. Yeah. Did you see Dest on it? Oh, God. It goes to close down, doesn't get anywhere near, and then turns his back, which is, it's just an absolute sin to me. Um, Dest, Pepe, and Tillman. Dest started, Pepe and Tillman joined the fray. Uh, yeah, it was. that's actually historic. Paul Carr pointed out it's the, uh, it's the first trio of U.S. internationals to play in the same UEFA Champions League game. God, Carragher and... They, and- Carraher Henri absolutely slaughtered Kate Abdo. He was looking for positives and she said, you know, our three American boys playing there tonight, something to take positive from. And Henri, oh nil. Where's the positive? No, there's not there aren't positives to take when when you're when the guys are the team that they're on gets slaughtered. Like yeah. that's and and Dest was not I mean, he's got defensive shortcomings. He just does. We know this. Now yeah, do you oftentimes think that's why so like, many teams he, he passed him over. Of course. Of course, because he can be very, you know, he can be going the other way. He can be a dangerous player. We've seen that. And oftentimes his his recovery speed sometimes will allow him to make up for those shortcomings. But in the Champions League against one of the top, you know, two teams potentially in the English Premier League, you can't do that and expect so to get away not, with it. So why has no coach bailed him? Like basically moved him, well, moved his position. Yes. I mean, we've talked about this with Trent, too, at times. Um, I don't know. No, but but that it's not. It's like what I mean is make him a, a wide attacking player. Don't give him those defensive responsibilities. Do what um, Harry Redknapp accidentally did with Bale and turn him into a marauding winger. Well, like Bale, a- I think Bale, it, was, it, it had become clear, like, not to say that, like, guys with a ton of talent can't play those positions. But Bale, it was obvious that he would. He was so good in attack. Like he was one of the best attackers in the world. So he couldn't play there anymore. He needed to be in a, like Dest isn't that. He's he's a good attacker for a fullback, but Bale was a good attacker for a striker and he was playing not, fullback. Andrew, I'm not saying turn him into actual Gareth Bale skills and all. But I'm saying like just release him from that like cuz he's good, he can beat a player, he can deliver across. We know he's got a hammer of a shot on him. He's decent with Decent with both feet. Like, why does it have to be that, you know, he can't have him defensive liabilities? All right, don't make him defend then. We've seen this before. Yeah, no, I get your point. I get what you're saying. I don't know. I guess I don't have an answer to that. Um, the uh, For Arsenal, I mean, this was, they looked great in this. Uh, the fourth goal from Odegaard, uh, boy, I, I, this is his thing now. I just, feel, I feel like I've seen that goal so many times from him like somewhere like centrally just outside the box fired low into that near corner um that's that's his thing i feel like that's his that's his hallmark goal now he had a great game 
man of the match. Was, uh, Statman yeah, Dave. Class. Statman Dave pointed out 91% pass accuracy, uh, five for six on long balls completed, three for three on dribbles, uh, and a goal as well. He was he was very good. He's he continues to emerge as as the real leader of this team. I should also say uh, the Trossard goal was excellent too. Really nice move and uh, buried into the corner. And it was just, again, this is the kind of stuff floating around on Twitter. Maybe I need to spend less time on Twitter, but it was in my brain too. The kind of, I won't say garment rending, wailing and gnashing of teeth, but the general disappointment that Arsenal didn't land Mudrick and ended up taking the consolation in the older uh, Leandro Trossard. That's, that is aged just fine, that transfer. Very much so. And I wonder now, you know, Gabriel Martinelli got hurt recently. And so that's given Trossard this chance. I'm trying, what, maybe it's a good problem to have. I'm trying to figure out what the preferred 11 is. I I think really highly of Martinelli. I really do. But I feel like Trossard has a chance here to not make it an easy decision to just hand that spot back to Martinelli when he's healthy again. I think I think they'd probably think that Martinelli is more dynamic as a forward, as good as Trossard is. Um, but I think you're right. Is there I not a Trossard... way to, to kind of just like rejigger things and have them both play and, and somehow remove Havertz? <laughs> there is. There really is. Poor Kai. I didn't mean to drag him into this, but I'm just trying no, to think of a I way mean, to get all their best players on the field. I mean, you didn't. Arteta dragged him into this. He should be packing his bags back to the Bundesliga to go to play for Wolfsburg or somebody, but now he's at Arsenal. So, um, uh, speaking, one, one other thing. Yeah, go ahead. One, sorry, one other thing. Uh, uh, so when, when Thierry Henry started on Sky Sports as an analyst, he was on like huge money, but he was bad. Like he never... It was all kind of platitudinous and kind of um, banal and cliched, and, and you never really got anything from him. I On CBS, I find him fantastic. First of all, he has, he's, his contempt for like the general humor of that studio. I know he joins in himself, but like he is the serious man there. Sometimes he, he hears Mika or Jamie say something or Kate, and he's like, what are you talking about? Like very, very... Um, dismissive in that way that only French people can be. (laughs) And um, he's brilliant tonight and taking Kate to task. Um, So Kate had the bee in her bonnet, which we all have. It's it's a bee that's in all our bonnets about, you know, the goalkeeper rotation at Arsenal. And Henri like cuts to the core of it a little bit, not exactly like, but similar to what I said, like because I I think it's absolute BS. This is there is no rotation here. No, Rye Rye is the keeper. Rye is the keeper, and and Arteta believes that. And anything he says to the media is just to keep a happy camp and to be a guy who defends the dressing room and defends his players. Um, and Henri was like, "Sorry, sorry, forget rotation." I but be- he believes in competition. In all areas of the field, Henri's talking about himself, and 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 why why shouldn't there be competition for the goalkeeper? And and he says, by competition I mean, I don't think there's rotation here. I think Rea is the competition and has come in and has taken Ramsdale's spot. That's what's happened. Like we are obsessed with this idea that there's going to be some kind of. I will be shocked if there's some kind of revolution from Arteta in which he well, rotates his goalkeepers. I think for cup games. 
Ramsdale might get more of a run if there's if there's a junk game in the Champions League, which they've already qualified, doesn't need to put his full team out. Ram, Ramsdale will play. For me, he's seen something in Raya. He's his number one. Am I wrong? He was bought for a reason. They paid a huge sum of money for him. Like, no one should be surprised here. The only reason that we're talking about it is because Mikel Arteta is saying ridiculous things to the media, probably for the reasons like you just said, because he, he's trying to keep, he's trying to appease Ramsdale in some way. He's trying to, he's trying to ease the the, the blow to Ramsdale's ego, um, which I can understand. Ramsdale has been with this club now for a couple seasons. He's helped see them through to the success they're having now. But Raya, I guess they believe, is, is at the next level up where Arsenal want to get to. And this is how you do it. Unfortunately, sometimes that means likable players that were a part of your success to get to that point. They're going to have to go if you want to continue to move forward. And I think that's what's happened. Now, I, again, though, it's it's only a conversation because Arteta is saying things about, you know, I'm going to change goalkeepers mid-game if I have to. Like, well, no, you're not. You're not going to do that. And we, But like, but as long as he says those things, like you could see in the interview afterwards, um, because I, I forget who it was conducting the interview, um, with, with Mikel afterwards, but she, like the initial question of like the joy of the, this, you know, what it was like out there tonight and, and having this champions league moment. And she went, you know, Arteta was so happy. And then she, the next question went straight to the goalkeepers. And you could see he has, if you think Henri has contempt for whatever, look at Mikel Arteta, all the yeah. blood just ran right from his face. He hates this topic. He clearly yeah. hates this topic. He gave like two, you know, for a guy who is not afraid to speak, he's not afraid of a microphone. He gave like oh, boy, three word. It? it was like three word answers. He's got no interest in talking about this anymore. And if, if there's anyone out there left who isn't sure that David Raya has come in and taken this job, well, you'll then we'll find out for sure this weekend because they got the North London Derby on Sunday. And I'll tell you what, if Raya, like Raya started the last two, including a Champions League game, I'm convinced. But for those of you who aren't, let's see what happens on Sunday. If he starts three in a row, including a Champions League match and a North London derby, it's time, everyone. It's time to come to terms with the fact that this is not a competition. There's a new guy playing that position for this team. How amazing would it be if Arteta is so committed to the cause <laughs> that he plays Ramsdale? <laughs> like the absolute commitment to it and then they lose and he's like just he's just happy that that he's throwing a curveball at everybody as long as he's proven his point um, <laughs> but but for arsenal it was a a great return to europe's top competition 4-0 over uh over psv eindhoven um they uh they were not really under threat in this one. It was a great, great performance from Arsenal. Maybe the performance that we've kind of been waiting for from them. We've been talking multiple pods now about, you know, we haven't really seen them click yet. They continue to get three points here and there, and they're doing great. They're only two points off the top, but their their ruthlessness isn't quite there. Well, what, four, four nil. It was it was there tonight. So uh, Arsenal uh, on top of the group so far. Um, JJ, what do you say we go ahead? We take a, a quick break. There's a couple other games from the Tuesday slate uh, that we have to mention. If you thought there was a bad goalkeeping moment in the Manchester United match, well, it was only the second worst as far as I'm concerned in terms of goalkeeping moments from these Champions League match days. Are you well, talking about Omri Glazer? I, it's, it's possible. It's oh. certainly possible. We'll get to some of that and much more. More caught offside still to come. Don't go anywhere. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Oh, back now on... Caught offside um, as we continue going through the uh, Tuesday and Wednesday Champions League matches. JJ, let's go to um, we'll go to Manchester, the Etihad, Manchester City. Their their Champions League title defense begins, and it does so with a three one win. Now I'll say this: this game was uh, they were all look City were always going to win, but there was a brief moment there where. When um, when they conceded right at the end of the first half, where just the way this game was going and just how dominant City were and Red Star just were just pinned back constantly, absorbing shot after shot, like they were not in the game. Like there was only one team playing in this game. When they when Red Star Belgrade scored that goal, for a brief moment, I thought, "Oh my God, this has potential to be the funniest game I've ever seen in my life." If they can somehow hang on, City had 22 shots in the first half, yeah, and we're losing. <laughs> Red Star Belgrade didn't do a thing until what was it in the second minute of, of first half stoppage time that they scored that goal? It was hilarious, absolutely hilarious. I, I, I nothing against City, but I wanted to see it so bad because it just would have been the funniest result of all. City were gonna if if that had stayed one nil. And you think about the pressure that City were going to apply in the second half to get it. They would have ended the game with 60 shots. Like it, it could have been so funny. But in the end, I mean, City scored immediately. This like a minute and a half in to the second half, they were on the mark and, and they were never losing this game. Yeah, it's one of the great cons of modern football. The bit is, is City going to lose? No, no, they're, they're not. They're not. Um, yeah, you found it hilarious to, to some of us, though the this whole kind of dynamic of a of an utterly dominant Manchester City against Red Star Belgrade is uh, somewhat grotesque. Uh, Jonathan Jonathan O'Brien, who wrote a book about uh, the European Championships, uh, he tweeted at the Etihad tonight. Man City fans were chanting, "Champions of Europe." You'll never sing that at Red Star Belgrade, who won the European Cup in 1991. They are a truly special breed. Um, that is... That's also funny. Yeah, I'm telling you, it could have been high comedy. Uh, yeah, I, I, something particularly sad about that. Like Red Star Belgrade. Jesus Christ. The history they have in European competition and... and I mean, the idea that Man City like are just mocking them and making fun of them in this manner is, uh... yeah, it's not great. That was my first European Cup final, the 1991 European Cup final. It was 
<laughs> so it was a, a, a very exciting Olympic Marseille team with, you know, Basil Bowley, uh, Waddle, Jean-Pierre Papin, uh, Didier Deschamps, like just, oh God, like just a great team against Red Star by Red. And Red Star housed their way to a European Cup. It's one of the worst finals I've ever seen. So I remember it was on, and I, I guess I was young enough. What age was I? I was 10. I was nine. So I had to ask permission to stay up. And it was one of the last European Cup finals on the BBC. And I'm sure I've told this before. And it was Barry Davies and commentary. And it's one of those games where Barry's carrying you through this one. Because it stinks. I'm waiting <laughs> for everything Barry has to say. Because it sucked. And I remember being in like my little kid's dressing gown. I'd have my bath and everything. And I was there. And my dad was with me. <laughs> my dad at that time was... My dad wasn't a converted soccer fan yet. He would be a few years later into a rabid soccer fan. Amazing conversion. Um, but at that point, he was very much a GAA man, a Gaelic football man. And all he could think was, and, and he said it to me, which I'm going to remember not to do with Roisin. What a load of this is. Yeah, that that era I mean, it was coming off of a, a World Cup that is kind of renowned for its... Right. Right. Um, and it's just... Ugh. It was... Um, yeah, it stank. And it was it was the last... Or the second to last of the of the knockout ones. Uh, second last uh, knockout competition um, where it was straight knockout. Um, and look, I, I'm, I'm not harkening back to a better time. I'm not at all. But it's just like... It's so funny to me. So fun. Like Red Star knocked out uh Bayern Munich along the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah, nil-nil, and then uh they won on penalties. Now look, Red Star had some great players too. But anyway, that's not the point. The point is Manchester City did what they usually do, and they just steamrolled an opponent. They gave the allure and they gave what their fans always want, the idea of jeopardy. And that's what Pep loves. They were so so good, so so tough, hard game, you know, all this stuff. Physically, all this bull. Um but yeah, they 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 wellied them. Uh, Alvarez scored a scored a lovely goal. Really like him as a player. Yeah. Very good player. Um and Doku looks the absolute business. Oh my goodness, does he? Yeah, the and also the Rodri goal. The Rodri goal was some playground stuff. Like so, it starts off as like a uh, a Doku run, runs around the side, Foden then runs around the side, then Rodri gets it and just glides through and side foots it home. It's a brilliant goal, but like it just just an absolute kind of uh, microcosm of the golfing class. Yeah. Um... The second goal, oof, Omri Glazer. Now, look, he when when you face that many shots, it's hard to you're going to probably have a couple that you want to have back. You just hope that maybe you don't get burned for it. I mean, I don't know. I just don't know what happened here. He goes to punch, and it's it's a pretty horrifying whiff, and it settles into the back of the net. Um, yeah, he made 13 saves in this he did, one. And he, he wasn't awful at all. He made some really good ones with yeah. his feet. I remember you can't do that. And the, he knows the minute it's happened, Andrew. Oh, and the it look lets on City his face. back in. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. And his teammates console him and everything. It's like, uh, 
actually, Andre Onana sprinted onto the field. He ran all the way and confronted Glazer. Yeah, he and berated him. He made a mistake. Yeah. He berated him, yeah. Yeah. Uh, City end this one with 37 shots, um, which actually felt, felt like it should have been more, actually. That number is probably lower than, than what I would have guessed. That was the over-under. I think I would have taken the over. Uh, but yeah, City um, off and running. You, you talk about Pep. There's a meme going around that I actually thought was very funny where um, Ederson is playing the ball and he's kind of being he's being challenged. Like it's a little bit precarious and he sort of goes like he kind of kicks it like behind his back. He gets fancy with it. And <laughs> the eye roll from Pep is just it's so, so, so good. So, so good. So, so good. He looks like disgusted with Ederson for like, being so there's reckless. a good there's a good meme of Pep going around. <laughs> it's he gets cut off before he gets to say anything fully, but it's enough. It's enough. So he he's he's a, I think he's been asked about City's title challenge or something. He goes, look at Arsenal at the weekend, uh, intensity, uh, wonderful play. Look at Liverpool; they are doing great actions. They are here again. Um, and someone goes, what about uh, Manchester United? And he just goes, there's a, there's a pause, and he goes, <laughs> and just laughs. Jesus oh Christ! My God, that's so demeaning. I know, and it, I'm sure it's caught in a way that makes it even worse. But it's yeah. uh, it's doing the rounds. Yeah, three uh, one for City. Um, business as usual. Now, I-, I wanted to go next, JJ, to the San Siro for Newcastle and AC Milan. So it ended nil nil. However, mm-hmm. the, uh, the not quite to the same extent. But I will say, a little bit of the one sidedness of City Red Star Belgrade kind of. At times, it kind of looked the same way in the AC Milan-Newcastle match. I mean, Newcastle are, look, they're thrilled to be in this competition, certainly. Like, you, you can tell they're traveling fans, the emotion. I've seen some of, like, the videos that were taken from the away section there. Um, you know, what this meant to them to be back, I'm sure it means a ton. But, boy, they did not, you know, AC Milan are good. But, boy, I thought Newcastle at times made them look great. And, and yeah. Newcastle probably should be feeling pretty good about getting out of there with a point. And look, AC Milan are not great. They're they're decent. Uh, I, I I honestly don't think Rafa Leao is going to miss the chances he missed. There was the one in the first half, beats the whole Newcastle defense, then falls over his feet in Chris Farley fashion. It's as if you asked for Chris Farley to go on, God rest him, on SNL and do a back heel to Artie Lang. That's exactly what it was. It was just awful. And then he had a header from a brilliant Florenzi cross in the second half. I don't know how he ha- he isn't hitting the the frame of the goal or the target. Unbelievable. Um, we should mention Pulisic and Musa came off the bench, but yeah, you're right. So I I just wanted to say this. You know the stats like Milan had twenty five shots, nine on target. Newcastle had six, one on target. Like sorry, Newcastle have been a squad under construction, under you know pretty kind of expensive construction they're even stealing players that Milan would have would have had like Tonali guys like that you know they've got all this Saudi money and here's my point Andrew and uh, just go with me here now with this let's just accept that what Newcastle have done as a club and what Eddie Howe as a manager has accepted he would be the front of is a Faustian pact with the devil like this is a deal with the devil you're going to get what owned by MBS. That's that's what's happening. So so what I wanted to say to you was this: um, if I, if the devil was to come down to you, if the devil exists, which we we know he doesn't, but but if the devil did exist, sorry, they're religious people who just lost about seven thousand listeners. Um, 
But if the devil did exist and he came down to you and he said, you know, give you any any car you want. And you said, Alexis. That would be. That would be kind of like a waste, wouldn't it? Um, you can be with any woman you want. I'd, I'd like to date Renee Zellweger. What? You know what I mean? Like, and so who are like, you? Who are you saying that they've that they've done this with? I know what I'm saying is Eddie Howe. Oh, oh, him. Yeah, I, I, Eddie Howe is as much as he says he doesn't know anything about Saudi politics or the Middle East or anything like that. There's a chance to just go at them. You know, you're in Milan. You've got this team that's like Newcastle, a Premier League team that finished fourth. I'm still not like, sure how good they are, though. We've, we've talked about that this season. Do you not think they have the tools to be more expansive, to be yeah, better, to yeah, do Yeah, sure, more. more than that. Yeah, I mean, look, the XG in this one, I think it was 2.34 for AC Milan to 0.18 for Newcastle. You're like, so. Jesus, that's like... <laughs> No, you're right. Like guys like Isak. Like Isak is there. Isak's a good player. Um, Bruno Gimaraes is a, is a or Gimaraes is a quality footballer. Uh, Tanali, we're told. I mean, Tanali should have been right at home there. It's just, I don't know. It's very, very limited. And you know, he he had Almiron on the bench. Callum Wilson came on. I know, but like, I I just I I think if you're going to say I'll accept the ugly side of this deal but my teams are going to go out and play and also there's the tradition of Newcastle in the Champions League which sounds like a strange thing but there is precedent like 97-98 under Kenny Daglish that team beating Barcelona 3-2 at home is one of the most iconic games in the history of the competition because it's Newcastle beating Barcelona but go for it one shot on target yeah Ah, oh, come on. Yeah, it was it was very one-sided. Watching it, I was like, this doesn't look that much different than City Red Star Belgrade. Um no, so... and, and uh, like I'm not I don't want to disparage JC Milan, but you know, Liao is a quality player. I, I really love watching him. Look at the rest of the team. Ruben Loftus G. Uh no, Theo Hernandez, okay, fine. Tamori center back, like uh I like Mike Magnon. I think he's a good goalkeeper, but they're good. I, I mean, look, they're in the semifinals of this competition last they're season. Fine. They're a good team. I I don't I don't I'm not ready to say that Newcastle are better than AC Milan. I don't I don't think they are. Um we'll see in the return leg when they're playing at St. James Park if it looks a lot different. I would hope that it would. Um that but like Newcastle are not for all the success they've had, they're not necessarily they have moments of excitement, but like they're not the most exciting team. Like they, we talk about like Eddie Howe and like some of their, you know, some of their time wasting tactics and things like that. They're difficult to play against. They defend really well. I mean, Botman was great in this game. Uh, he's, you know, he's excellent. Um, you know, they're tough defensively. So I'm, I'm not, I guess I'm not stunned, but they're fortunate that they were able to get out of this one with a point. Uh, that, that By was the way, I, I, I should, uh, I should retract some of the things I said. If you like Rene Zellweger, that's absolutely yeah, that fine. Was the, I, I'm just saying like, and you know, if you drive a Lexus, that's fine too. I'm just saying, would you not go for something like a Ferrari? No, no I, I mean, if, if somebody said to me, here, here's $600 to go to any restaurant in the world. You can eat whatever you want. And I just say, eh, I'll have a sloppy Joe. Or I'll go to Applebee's, which oh, I see, enjoy. By see, the way. now you're taking shots at Applebee's. No, I do like Applebee's. 
Come on. Yeah. Eating good in the neighborhood. Is that them? Or is that Chili's? I can never it's keep you It's them. It's Applebee's, right? Uh, I like what, Applebee's. Yeah, I've had good times there. Yeah, we, we've all been. We all have. We all have. Um, Sponsor us, please. Finally, uh, one other one I wanted to mention, JJ, PSG and Borussia Dortmund, uh, also from that group. Um, and PSG with a, a pretty convincing performance against Dortmund. You know, I was wondering about PSG. Um, you know, I, I know in the league so far this season, it hasn't looked perfect necessarily but just thinking about this competition um you know sometimes you get these weird these weird situations that are hard to explain where like a great player leaves a team and then weirdly that team becomes like better in some ways like i remember it in, unfortunately it was a, a player that i that i come to adore but like bryce harper is like one of the best players in baseball and he leaves the nationals and they immediately win a world series. Like, why mm. is that? It doesn't make sense. It shouldn't be, um, even, you know, even on a lower scale, you might say it right now with Tottenham and Harry Kane, I'm not saying that they're better, but they're better this year than they were last year with them. Um, and I wonder if, could it be like, could that happen to PSG having lost Neymar and Messi? Um, yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, well, first of all, you are able to put in uh, Dembele and Kulomwani, who will do more work off the ball. Just straight away, you've got you know you've got younger and less injured. Like that's although Dembele, I guess. Yeah. Um, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Straight away, you've got guys who can probably do more off the ball without the ball, than those two will. I mean. That forward line, you see, you were convinced top talent always wins out over systems, over anything. And that's how you approached PSG. All right, easy. It is. You told everybody. But, like, game's not like that anymore. And, yeah, Messi does this, Messi does that. But, like, Messi also walks around a lot. And at the top level, you need something different. And And... Without those stars, without massaging those egos, without having to make those accommodations, maybe you can make a more cohesive unit. That's not a crazy thing, right? No, it's not. I, I'm. That's why I'm bringing up the point. I think it is possible. Um, and look, they still have Mbappe, who is what do we think the best player in the world? Uh, so, yeah. like, it's not. I, I guess what I'm saying is that this idea that because those players left, you know, we talked about. Okay, maybe it's a whole new rebrand of PSG. They're going to be doing things differently. This might take some time. It may not. They, they like even though some of like the the flashy headline names have left, I don't know that it necessarily means our expectations for what they can achieve should decrease all that much, if at all. Mm. I think we we still have to see what that midfield is. Mm. Uh Shorn of it's a Italian, it's Italian player who has gone off to uh, Qatar. Just like the Qataris have negotiated with themselves and they've signed the, one of their players. So like it's a slightly, it's a it's a different midfield. What can that be? Um, but you're not wrong. Like and if and if Mbappe is in the right frame of mind, um, then yeah, like they they can be a potent team. It's you know, a system, a unit, and a cohesive unit is is it's just a better thing than than having a bunch of stars that don't necessarily fit together. Like I guarantee you, 
for Pochettino and for some managers, managing Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe, if they were asked in an interview, they'd go, but of course, managing the best players in the world is my dream, Champions League voice. But in reality, they don't want anything to do with that. Nothing to do with that. So this may be better. Um, this uh, way, maybe way better and maybe way more functional for Luis Enrique. Yeah, so we'll see. 2-0, they, uh, they win over uh, Borussia Dortmund to uh, to begin their Champions League campaign. Mbappe converting a penalty and then Hakimi scoring a great goal, uh, which really got our guy Ray Hudson going as well. Oh, man, he loved that what one. What did he say? Oh, it was something like uh, showing the balance of a one-legged man standing on a hammock, I think it was. That's pretty good. I yeah. like that. I can see because that's a visual I can see. By the way, it, um, Marco Verratti was the name I was struggling, the oh. Italian, midf- Italian midfielder. Andrew, yeah. he's only 30. And he's gone to Al Arabi. Yeah, I mean, you're right. We'll see about the midfield. I like Vitinha when I watch him play. I, I, I enjoy that guy. I think he's good. Look, they're they're back four. You could certainly do worse than Hernandez, Scrignar, Marquinhos, and Hakimi. Mm. You know, up front, Mbappe, Colomawani, Dembele. Like, still really good. Still really good. So we'll see. Um, that's it for the Champions League for uh, the first match day. You mentioned Messi, so it is. It, it's worth mentioning now. Um, lots of MLS action going on earlier tonight, and both he and Jordi Alba left Inter Miami's match in the first half, um, uh, presumably with injuries. Now, Tata Martino afterwards, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but it seemed like he was downplaying the situation that you know that he he used fatigue as a little bit of of what it was about. Um, we'll see. You know, they have Orlando City coming up this weekend, which is a derby match, obviously. Um, and Inter-Miami is still pushing hard for one of those last playoff spots. And then after that, they have the U.S. Open Cup final, which Tata Martino said is that right now is their priority. It sounds like even more so than actually making uh, the playoffs. So we'll find out. We'll find out quickly just how hurt these guys are or are not. Uh, I have a live reaction from the MLS executives and the Apple executives. This is the noise they made when they saw Messi taking himself off on the 37th minute. Classic Simpsons, that one. Yeah, I would imagine that they're they're not thrilled if this is anything serious, which look, I don't want it to be. Hopefully it's not. Um, But even without that Inter-Miami roll, I think 4-0, I believe was the final. Mailer scored an unbelievable goal. He just literally, I mean, again, this is going to end up on some highlight reel as to why MLS is absolute pants. But in fairness, it's a great goal. He just literally picks the ball up on the left-hand side of the box, runs across, runs around in like an arc, and then unleashes, while he's facing the corner flag, unleashes a shot low and hard into the bottom corner of the Toronto net. It's a brilliant goal. Absolutely brilliant. And he's a player who, you know, came from Europe. Um, sure, he was a little bit lost, ended up in MLS. And Messi coming in has just made him like 20 times a better footballer. He looks absolutely... Now, hmm. Phil Neville being gone has made him 20 times a better footballer. He looks class under Tata Martino and under Messi's tutelage. Uh, a couple other notes from this one. Despite losing 2-0 Orlando City, they they fought at NYCFC. They will still clinch a playoff spot tonight because of other results that happen around them. The Union got a uh, a penalty, uh, which Daniel Gazdag converted, as he does. I think that's 18, is that 18 straight that he's converted? 
um, uh, in the 97th minute, and that ends 2-2 in a draw with Charlotte FC. So the Union also clinching a playoff spot tonight, six straight years um, where Jim Curtin has clinched a spot in the postseason with the Union. Um, so yeah, lots of ML, lots of games going on as we speak right now, actually. Um, so you'll see this, I guess, by the time you wake up tomorrow, you'll see, uh, see some of what's, what's gone down tonight. Um, finally, JJ, just a couple quick ones. Um, it was a weird day of, of admissions, making it ad- uncomfortable admissions from things. Boy, what that, did you admit today? I didn't admit anything, but Daniel Levy and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer both did. Uh, Solskjaer, he admitted that signing Ronaldo was a mistake. Yeah, he 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 basically said, "Oh, it, it was a deal that they couldn't not do. It was almost yeah. like the forces of the comeback and everything, and the energy was so great in that first game against Newcastle. Even though United didn't play well, you could already see that this is not this isn't going to work. Um, and all the forces that come together, and it, they like as if they were compelled to sign him. No, they were compelled to sign him by Rio Ferdinand and Alex Ferguson, but." Um, yeah, then he said it just didn't work out. Uh, what was the other admission? Well, the other admission was Daniel Levy, um, who admitted that, uh, what was the word he used? That Tottenham, he admitted that hiring trophy managers uh, was a mistake. Mourinho what, and what Conte. What do you mean by trophy manager? Mourinho and Conte. Managers that oh. were brought in just to, we, we need a trophy. We got to get a trophy. Okay, go get him. Go. Okay, good. Like everything else, be damned. We're, we got to do it. Um, but the thing uh, look, about the thing about me for with Levy is he's led by the kind of he's usually the soup du jour. Like whatever whatever the flavor of the month is, he goes with them, and like that that's consistent. Except, I suppose even Harry Redknapp was a kind of a flavor of the month signing. Um, but and it it only worked out really Harry and Pochettino. Um, but. Although Ange is a flavor of the month, and Ange will probably work out. Well, he is now. Was did would you have considered Ange a flavor of the month when Tottenham oh, signed absolute. him? Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. The work he done at Celtic, definitely, definitely. Well, um, that was Levy said that they have their Tottenham back now. The fans have their, you know, we have our club back. He used some kind of phrase like that. I want him when they hit the the, the rough patch. I want him to keep these things and these words in mind. I really do. Because I think the biggest inhibitor and the biggest worry for me with Ange is what Michael Calley, we read the tweet at the weekend, uh, uh, in, on the first part of the week. This is about a long vision, not short term. Oh, I don't so, think, I think the Ange, if, if you're suggesting what I think you're suggesting, that they're not, that their leash with him is short, I don't think that's the case. I, I think, really I think hope. Ange has a long leash. They Good. see well, how, how beloved he is right now by the fans the type of football that the team is playing. I think that they know that there's going to be rough patches here. Um, but no, I think, I mean, no, no, no. I, I don't, I don't envision Levy's not really that guy. Like if we talk about clubs that have, have been, you know, quick to fire managers when maybe it wasn't quite fair. I don't know that, you know, you can knock Levy for a lot of things. I don't know that I would really, really say that that's his style i guess i mean the the hook was quick with potch very quick um and look i always felt for whatever a disaster Mourinho's hiring had turned into um it's not that they were wrong to have gotten rid of him but i will always believe that the timing of when they did was hilariously wrong 
to yeah, have done so, they, that you hired a, a quote unquote like his own terminology a trophy manager and then you hired him on the eve of a chance to win a trophy i'll never understand that um and look conte i, I guess you could say maybe was that a quick hook no i don't think like it had gotten so toxic uh that no i don't so i don't know i, I think i don't and just fine He's got he's got nothing to worry about right now from that perspective. Um, JJ, I got nothing else. How about you? I'm pretty I'm pretty much done, Andrew. Um, all I would say is that the Andy Mitten interview with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Someone needs to tell Ole. <laughs> I mean, I subscribe to the Athletic, so I enjoyed it. Someone needs to tell Ole you you are no longer Man United manager, and I know you have this fealty and loyalty to the club. But you can name names. You can say a little bit more. Yeah, he talked about uh, kind of like it seemed like the attitude of certain players uh, were really, really disappointing to him. Mm. And uh, he would not say who as I don't know. I guess that's admirable in some ways. But the like curious fan in me is desperate to know. So so let's finish on this point then. Where are you with the sanctity of the dressing room? When, like, so we know, like, Ferguson, Roy Keane to a certain extent, Tony Adams to a, to an extent too, Paul Gascoigne to an extent, they all went to books, well-published, well, you know, famous books that sold a lot and told a lot about the dressing room. Like, what? Like, where, like, while you're an active player, you shouldn't say anything that, from the locker room when when is it okay to, to tell us things would you say that's a great question for me mm. I, look i love that this content exists because i have a thirst for it i love the mm. sport and like i'm curious i want to know more um i if i were a player or a manager i'd ne- i would never write that book for me never. Never. for me even, the answer would for me the answer would amazing. be never yeah for me the answer would be never wow okay uh it's all the more amazing that David O'Leary, while he was Leeds manager, wrote a book about the trial, the criminal pro- trial of his two players and that whole era of Leeds United called uh, Leeds United on Trial while he was manager. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, needless to say, the players felt betrayed. By well, wh- well, clearly, what is your answer? It seems like you feel differently. Um, see, I want to know stuff. So do I. I, 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 just I but I just don't want to. I don't want to be the but one if I, to deliver if, it. If I am an ex-player, I'm saying nothing. Yeah, nothing. I'm, I'm with you. I don't want to. And if it means if they, I think if it's if it's my primary locker room. So if it's if if it's like Henri at Arsenal, Keane at United, Gerrard at Liverpool, Lampard at Chelsea, I'm not betraying those years. I'm not betraying those stories, those friends, those journeys. I'm not doing it. And by the way, yeah. if and I'm a, if I'm transferred then to some absolute mess of a club that I have no real particular connection to, and I hated the locker room, then it's a different story, it's all, right? It's, it's all fair game. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I could see that. Um, yeah, I, I, I suppose. I, I don't know. You know what? I don't know, actually. Maybe still no. Maybe still no. And by the way, that's not to say that like, if I was around my buddies, I wouldn't tell them some like stories of what's going on behind the scenes and things like yeah. that. I'm just saying I wouldn't go on the record public with it. It's all charter house rule for me. 
Hey, Greg, Greg's writing that book. Yeah. Uh, JJ, this was fantastic. I'm so happy that the Champions League back, uh, the, that the Champions League is back. What a weekend we have coming up for us. Like I said, the uh, the North London Derby is going to be on Sunday. Uh, in MLS, you got another uh, MLS Cup final rematch between the Union and LAFC. Um, so it's uh, it's another big weekend in the Premier League. Uh, who, JJ, who does Liverpool have this weekend? That's a good question, actually. Oh, West Ham. Oh, West Ham. Oh, jeez. Oh, that's a bit of a bit of a family derby. Well, they've got last first, Andrew. Uh. Oh, oh, that's true. Europa League action. Yeah, that's a good point. So uh, Thursday night, Channel Five. Um, yeah, and then they've got uh, West Ham on Sunday, which is in the uh, two o'clock, which is the nine a.m. game. Yeah, so there you go. Lots to look forward to, as there always is. JJ, good stuff, my friend. To you, I say... Check you later, fun boy. I'll see you. Take care. You've been listening to the Caught Offside Soccer Podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.